0: Welcome to Garden City. This is a place you can belong before you believe. We've been in a conversation the last few weeks about learning how to cultivate our world with God toward a garden city. There's this narrative in scripture that we see where God created a garden, the garden was kind of broken and lost, and then God sent his son Jesus to begin restoring the world toward a garden city where this organic and organized where humans with God are creating something beautiful together for eternity. A theme verse has been this, work for the flourishing of the city I have sent you to. Pray to the Lord for that city. If it flourishes, you too will flourish. That's Jeremiah 29, 7. And you'll notice there's a tension sometimes between personal flourishing, like me uh, growing and we flourishing and growing. In this verse, we see that If the city flourishes, we flourish. If our communities flourish, we do. And God wants both the individual and the community to flourish. How do you cultivate flourishing for both yourself and the community you live in? The Apostle Paul has a really cool take on gardening. It really, I think, is a little bit of his take on Jesus' teachings that you read in uh, Matthew 13 about cultivating a garden. Any growth comes from God. So the ones who water and plant have nothing to brag about. God who causes the growth is the only one who matters. The one who plants is no greater than the one who waters. Both will be rewarded based on their work. We are gardeners and field workers laboring with God. You are the vineyard, the garden, the house where God dwells. So there's a few things just to kind of break this passage down. I'd just like to look at some of the theological truths in this passage, and then we're going to look at some really practical things about how to garden our lives together. So the first truth is this. God causes the growth. That means growth is grace. Again, Paul wrote any growth comes from God. So the ones who water and plant have nothing to brag about. It's all God's grace. The second truth that I think is really important from this passage is this. We are not in competition with each other or other churches and leaders, and there's no favoritism with God. So we're not in competition, and there's no favoritism with God. Sometimes favoritism causes competition. Again, Paul wrote, the one who plants is no greater than the one who waters, both will be rewarded based on their work. So they're the person who waters, you know, the person who who planted, there's no competition. They're, they're actually on the same team. They just have different roles. And God doesn't favor one or the other. I just think this is a really important principle to remember as Christians. We're to collaborate with others and we're all working for the kingdom. Uh, the next truth from this passage is we are gardeners and gardens of grace. Looking back at the passage, it says we are gardeners and of field workers laboring with God. You are the vineyard, the garden, the house where God dwells. We're both gardeners and the garden. So we're gardeners with God. We're co-gardeners, co-creators. And that There's kind of this uh, proactive element to our faith. And then there's also this aspect where we're also the garden, which is a little bit more passively receiving. And both are at play. God is gardening our life, and then we're also joining him as gardeners. And here's the last theological truth I wanna pull from this passage. And it's this, we are working with God the gardener. Paul says, we are gardeners and field workers laboring with God, we're working with God. So all growth is grace and all growth comes from God. But we do work with God to tend the gardens of our life. We don't just sit back and the lazy boy of grace doing nothing. See, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Earning is a motive, effort is grace in action. The purpose of gardening is for a flourishing future. What work is involved in cultivating a healthy garden for, for flourishing? Well, there's a lot of work that's involved with a garden. If any of you have ever gardened or you've got an orchard or done any work in a yard, I'm going to talk with you about some common and very practical areas of work that we need to do in, in a normal garden, but also in the gardens of our life. The first is tilling and tending. Tilling and tending the soil is important. Tilling the soil is an old term for preparing and cultivating soil for crops. Uh, the purpose of tilling is to mix organic matter into the soil because you're kind of like breaking the, the topsoil up. It, con- it kind of uh, controls or breaks up weeds. It loosens or breaks up you know, like crusted and hard soil so that you can actually plant seeds. And then tending soil, tilling and tending, tending is just being attentive to, understanding the soil, like that some soil is, has a higher pH level and some soil is more acidic. And knowing that's really important because some plants flourish in more acidic soil and some in more basic soil. I'll give you an example. My wife and I love blueberry bushes. We also love rhododendrons. And although those plants are very different, they both love acidic soil. So a little trick that we use is we actually mix like coffee grounds into water or spread the coffee grounds around the soil that those plants are buried in and it, they love it because it's makes it more acidic and it's healthy for them. You know another element of tending is sometimes farmers will let the soil rest, which sounds kind of weird like how do you let soil rest? But when you let the soil rest, it's really you're not you're not farming it, you're not tilling it, you're not doing much with it. You you just let it naturally regain nutrients and vitality and rest so that in another season it's gonna be richer and healthier soil to plant in. Let me ask you a question. How are you tilling and tending the soil in the gardens of your life? The next thing is planting. Planting is casting seed to grow into a harvest. It's starting something new for a future fruit or flower. The soil and environment and season often determine when you might plant and it will determine the health of what you're planting. I love this verse because it reminds us that when we plant, we're planting now in the present, but for a future hope. Listen to this. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This little little verse in, in Psalms, is really giving us the idea or a picture of people in a famine where food is scarce and seeds are scarce. And there would be a real temptation in the middle of a famine where you don't have much. The temptation would be to eat the seeds that you have rather than planting them. But when you're eating the seeds, you're actually kind of erasing your future. When we plant today, it's really a a step of faith for our future and trusting that God is gonna bring a greater harvest in our future. So when you're planting in a time of tears, I think we can pray with faith and look forward with faith um, for a great harvest to come. Now here's a word of wisdom I learned from my mom, who's a really good gardener. Sarah and I had gotten a, a new home. Uh, this was years ago, and uh, we really wanted to plant a bunch of uh, a bunch of new bushes and trees and uh, flowers and all that kind of stuff. And my mom said, "Why don't you just wait a second? Um, and see what seeds are already in, in, the, in the soil of your, of your property. See what's there. And so we actually listened to her. We, what we did was we, there, there were some plants that we knew we wanted, like blueberry bushes, because we love them, and we, we knew they weren't there. So we planted some of those. But there were some other um, plants that we waited on, and we decided to wait for the first bloom, for the first spring, and see what was there. And all these flowers and tulips and daffodils and things we never knew, because you couldn't see it on the surface, were in the soil, and it was amazing to see what was already there. And so after seeing what we had, we were able to say, ah, but we wanna add this and this, and we also knew better where to put it, and we were able to better plant and create a garden that was really wonderful, with things that we never knew were there. I wanna encourage you to look for what God has already started in the gardens of your life, with your kids, your friends, your neighborhood, your work, Sometimes we rush to plant the seeds that we wish we had and the things that we, that we want without seeing what God has already planted there in people and in places. If we rush to plant things without seeing what's already there, we could crowd out something wonderful that God has placed there already. Be proactive and wise with what you plant. What seeds are you planting with your life right now? The next thing is watering. Watering is for nurturing and wellness. Water is you know, that life-giving force uh, for plants that it helps actually the root systems grow healthy and then it affects the, uh, the type of fruit that grows or the flower that grows. It's important to have balance. If you don't have enough water, it obviously starts to wither away. If you have too much water, it can start to, to wither away. We learned this with our fiddle fig. That you can actually have too much water. And it, and you don't want to have too much. It's finding the right amount and just making sure that, that there's healthy roots that can get d- deeper and deeper so that the rest of the plant can be really, really healthy. So what areas of your life need water? And uh, do you know the balance of having too much water or too little? weeding is the next section and most of you guys will know what that is and that's simply pulling weeds out of the garden because weeds tend to choke the other plants out they either start sucking the nutrients that you want to go to the, the the plants you want in the garden or they begin to block the sun so that the plants can't you know get enough sun for photosynthesis we all have weeds in our life and i think a good question to ask sometimes is what weeds is is jesus asking us to kind of pull and remove from the garden so that we can have a healthier garden the next area of work in a garden is pruning and pruning is always for the purpose of prospering pruning isn't just for pain if i were to boil it down there'd be two elements of of pruning uh, one is to purify and the other is to prosper so when you pr- when you prune like a like a fruit tree Sometimes it's to purify. It's to remove maybe some of the unhealthy or already dead branches that are uh, in the way. They're taking too much. You know, some of the nutrients. It's it's not good. It's purifying. Or maybe there's like some unhealth, like some kind of mold or something. And it, and it purifies the tree. And then there's branches that are actually really healthy, but they're but they might be taking up too much of the nutrients at the expense of the whole tree. And so at first it it actually cuts everything back but it allows for more to grow back in healthier ways it hurts to be pruned i mean imagine if you're the you're the tree it doesn't feel good when branches are being lopped off and uh branches that you cared about are being lopped off plant that is pruned looks weak and small at first but pruning actually draws out the life-giving energy of the plant for greater health there's almost like a bigger push from within toward health. In John 15, uh, Jesus said this, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's the kind of purifying. And then he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. He prunes it for prospering. Many people are coming out of a major pruning time with the pandemic. And I think you could say that the church in North America has gone through a pruning time and just like a tree that's been pruned, it can look a little sparse. It can look maybe different than, we, than, we, than we're used to it looking, our lives, our churches, institutions. But as the church is coming out of a great time of pruning, and maybe you might be coming out of a great time of pruning, what God prunes, God prospers. Speaking about trees that may have gone through trauma, um, Good gardeners will see when a tree goes through trauma that it might experience like a lapsed year or two where it doesn't produce any fruit. Jesus said you can tell a tree by its fruit. Well, sometimes if a tree has gone through trauma, if the tree was pulled up out of the soil it was planted in and moved, or it had a, you know, just something awful happened to it, like a chunk uh, was cut off or it got struck by lightning or something happened to the tree that was traumatic, it has these lapsed years or year. A good gardener knows that fruit will come if you give some time. Some of you may feel like this last year or two, you've been kind of ripped out of the soil that you were planted in. You may feel like you've gone through some traumatic things and you might not even recognize yourself. And the fruit that you're used to seeing in your life, the way you're used to feeling, the way you're used to being and relating to people just feels different. And you might be asking like, am I the same person? Am like, What's my identity right now? I just want to encourage you, God's a good gardener, and he knows that if a, if a tree has gone through trauma, it's going to take some time to heal, but fruit is going to come. And God, he's a gardener who wants to nurture and help us get back to fruitfulness. Harvest, this is the, the last element I want to talk about with gardening. Harvesting is about bounty. It's about bringing in the fruit, uh, bringing in all the abundance of your work. You can till, you can tend, you can plant and water and weed and prune and do all these things. But if you don't go and bring the harvest in, the fruit of, of your labor, there's everything's going to fall to the ground and rot. Uh, there's going to be waste and ruin. The harvest comes on its own time too. like Not your time, but its time. And when it's ripe and when the harvest is ready, you have to run out and start bringing it in. Have you ever missed... A harvest in your life because you weren't ready or you weren't looking for it. I remember when all these apples fell in our, our house, we had these apple trees and they fell and it fell in a week where we were, uh, I think on vacation, we came back, they'd fallen and we're like, Oh, it's came back from vacation and saw the apples are, are ripe. And, uh, we, we kind of waited a little bit longer because we had some other things going on. Then by the time we got out there, a lot of the fruit was beginning to go bad. So, we like all of a sudden invited friends and neighbors, you know, anybody who wanted apples, whether they're making pies, applesauce, whatever, come on over, grab some apples. Um, but it couldn't wait anymore be- because it was time and the apples were gonna go bad. When the harvest comes, it's work, but it's good work. And we get to reap the fruit, literally the fruit of our labor. This week, as you go through the Garden City booklet, consider the reflection questions they're going to turn your eyes toward the future of each of the seven gardens. It's going to help you focus on what work you can do now today for a flourishing future. What tilling, what planting, what watering, what weeding, what pruning, what harvest can you do today for fruitfulness and flourishing tomorrow? I love Paul reminding us that we are gardening with God towards something beautiful, a garden city. I want to invite you to join us next week as we look at God's grand vision for what a Garden City will look like in our future. Guys, I love you so much, and if this helps you, share it with a friend. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.